Welcome to In Chambers, a judicial podcast, the show where we offer practice tips to help you improve your court-martial advocacy. The views expressed are those of the creators and invited guests. Our views do not reflect the official policy or position of the U.S. Army Trial Judiciary, the U.S. Army, the Department of Defense, or the U.S. government. These opinions and our personal observations do not imply how any particular military judge would rule in any particular case. Welcome, and thank you for joining us for our very first episode of In Chambers, a Judicial Podcast. I'm your host, Judge Rob Shuck, and I'm joined by my co-host, Judge Teresa Raymond. We offer this podcast as a way to convey our experiences working with litigators in Army Courts Martial. We hope these observations will be beneficial to you and your practice. Your Advocacy Tip of the Week Our first trial tip is prepare your witnesses for trial. I usually can tell right away when counsel did not rehearse with their witnesses how to testify at a court-martial. What I commonly see from the bench, a bailiff escorts the witness into the courtroom and the witness desperately looks around for where to go. Sometimes if the trial counsel is not paying attention when this happens, the witness starts an odyssey around the courtroom. During one trial, the soldier called to testify walked all the way up to the bench and stood at attention and just looked at me with a confused look on his face. A look I returned to him. The problems didn't end there. Another time, a nervous soldier, right after being sworn, was directed by the trial counsel to please take a seat in the witness chair. Without question, the soldier sat straight down into the chair that had been turned around by the prior witness. He sat at attention and stared directly at the wall with his back to counsel. After cracking a smile, we were able to get the young man turned around the right way. Now, what happens when direct questioning is finished? Time and again, when the direct questions are finished and counsel says, no further questions, there goes the witness. She stands up and bolts for the closest door. Whoa there, the rest of us have some questions for you. As many of you know, witnesses, both military and civilian, are often extremely intimidated by the formal courtroom setting. The room is full of officers and senior NCOs, and that nervous witness is the focus of everyone's attention. Most counsel are laser focused on preparing for what their witnesses will say on the witness stand. You should also focus time on preparing them for the mechanics of how they will say it. In my experience, most attorneys either fail to prepare witnesses for the mechanics or they delegate too much of this responsibility to someone else. Here are some ideas. Rehearse the mechanics with your witness and the order of events with their testimony. This involves three things, the courthouse, the process, and what is expected of them. Orient them to the courthouse. Walk them into the courtroom and provide them an orientation of the room. Show them where the panel, counsel, accused, and military judge will sit. Show them where they will go to be sworn in and where they will sit to answer questions. Tell military witnesses to raise their right hand with authority. I once had a judge on our circuit comment favorably when a soldier did facing movements when called to testify. So what did we do to garner similar praise from her in future trials? We marked a spot on the floor near the witness stand, had the witness march up to that point and then do an about face and raise their right hand ready for the oath. We practiced it ahead of time with our witnesses and clients. With practice, it actually looked sharp and professional. Make sure they show up wearing the proper attire. If they are soldiers, they are expected to be in the proper uniform. Someone should review the witness's uniform before they walk into the courtroom to testify. There is nothing more distracting for a panel or a military judge than an often highly conspicuous uniform violation. Military personnel must be reminded that this is a court-martial 
and the court expects them to use military courtesy when addressing the counsel and the military judge. I have certainly had to remind soldiers of this when they responded with a yeah or a nah. You can see the panel members, especially the sergeant's major, cringe when this happens. Next, explain to them the order of questioning. Tell them they cannot leave the witness stand until the judge excuses them. If for any number of reasons you cannot physically walk the witness through the mechanics yourself, consider creative alternatives to accomplish the same mission. For example, produce a short video of your courtroom's layout. What is acceptable and unacceptable attire? People have a wide variety of what is appropriate attire. And what will happen from the moment the bailiff retrieves them from the witness room to the moment they are excused by the military judge? In my trial days, we used to use handouts, but technology has certainly progressed to allow for a much more informative presentation. Then all you need to do is email or message your witness the link to your video. The point of providing you these tips and reminders is not to keep the sergeant's major happy or to impress the military judge, although those are good goals. The point is to keep you focused on the things that happen in the courtroom in front of the decision maker that impacts the decision maker's impression of the credibility of your witnesses. Bad witness management, gaffes, and missteps on military protocol distract your decision makers and distract from the credibility of your witnesses. Try the best case you can. The first step to doing that is to eliminate distractors and detractors. Don't let your witness become one of my future podcast anecdotes. If you don't rehearse, then certainly be prepared that your evidence presentation will start literally off on the wrong foot. And that is your very first in-chambers advocacy tip. And now our segment we like to call Back to the Basics. Welcome to Back to the Basics. In this segment, we draw your attention to practice concerns that we all know as guiding principles that may have simply gotten lost in the complexity of our trial practice from day to day. This particular segment deals with knowing your audience within the court-martial and understanding what they expect of you. A main concern for any advocate in an Army court-martial should always be the perception and experience of the panel. We have to keep in mind that our panel is almost always made up of senior leaders, advisors, and decision makers. The typical context wherein which they receive information is commonly the battle update brief. Now, the pace of these briefings is always rapid fire. Staff officers have basically 30 seconds to update the commander on their area of expertise and all of their ongoing actions. If a briefer takes longer than 30 seconds to give their information, it is likely they will receive a friendly block of instruction about how to improve their delivery. We completely lose sight of this expectation when we are in the courtroom. That becomes obvious when we are randomly fumbling about with furniture, taking up the time of the panel to set up equipment in their presence, and moving about in the courtroom without the expected sense of urgency. When a panel sees the prosecution asked to move the podium, and they move it five feet to the right, taking up the first 20 seconds of the delivery opportunity on a witness, that's probably something they don't understand and might even overlook. But then, when the defense asks right after that to also move the podium and moves it back five feet to the left, that curious happening quickly becomes an annoying time suck, especially if it is repeated witness after witness. More than likely, you have irritated your panel with the move the podium game. Likewise, when you have waited until after court has been called to order to set up the television, switch out a video, or to plug in a laptop computer to feed to the large screen for presentation, you are, to some degree, showing disrespect to that panel. 
Not only are you wasting their time while you fumble about, you are telegraphing to them that you do not believe that their time is very valuable. What they see is you doing things that largely do not matter to them. In their minds, you do not have the benefit of special rules governing how an officer should behave just because you're an attorney. They expect you to deliver succinctly and efficiently. So, while moving the podium may have a very legitimate purpose behind it for a particular witness, the moving the podium back and forth game is something to be avoided at all costs. Also, be ready to move when it is your turn to conduct an examination. When the judge asks if you're ready is not the time to start gathering papers, straightening folders, and taking a last drink of water. That is the time to get up and move out with all the necessary items already in hand. You should be sitting at the edge of your seat, ready, waiting for the go-ahead from your judge. Anything less than that appears to the panel to be an officer who is not prepared and potentially someone without credibility. Another way this plays out in the courtroom is when the counsel who is going to be the action officer for any particular witness takes up the time in front of the panel to set up technology. If you have special equipment needs for a particular witness, plan ahead and inform your judge that you will need a longer break preceding that witness and take care of that outside of the presence of the panel. Inevitably, there's going to be a time when you'll need to adjust the equipment or setup and the panel is in the room with you. Sometimes it just cannot be avoided. When that happens, though, be prepared with a plan on how to handle the need expeditiously. Remember, you have co-counsel in the room with you. The two of you should be working as a team to get that equipment set up. The action officer should never be the only one moving. Again, from the panel's perspective, one guy fumbling around while another guy just sits at the table looks ineffective, disorganized, and gives them the sense that you are doing less than everything you possibly can to get things done expeditiously. The action officer can go to the podium and get started on the examination while his battle buddy continues to set up the equipment. We work together as a team. That's the Army way. The panel members are grown-ups. They will appreciate your efficiency way more than they will be distracted by the movement of your battle buddy. That brings us back to our beginning. You must remember that the audience in front of which you are trying your cases is made up of military professionals. They have certain expectations that you must be aware of as you are planning out your trial strategy. They are looking for an effective briefing on what they need to know to make the decisions required of them. So, in this Back to the Basics segment, the takeaway is this. Always keep in mind the expectations of your panel and then plan accordingly. This is Judge Raymond with Back to the Basics. Judge Teresa Raymond and I are excited about the possibilities for this venture. Our hope is that this format will be useful to you and allow you to incorporate this information into your own trial advocacy training. Listen to it while exercising for the new ACFT, while you commute to your latest trial, or when you need that little extra pet for your litigation prep. Comments from our listeners will help make sure that this remains a relevant and valuable part to your practice. Reach out to us on Global, and until next time, see you in court.